TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan. Our guy, Nathan Marzion, Bucks super fan. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. Here on another edition of Green and Growing as we get ready for the weekend to have Bucks coming off the victory against the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, last night as we tape this here on Thursday evening. Don't forget, you can download Green and Growing on Wednesday and Friday mornings. First thing, as soon as you wake up, it'll always be there on Wednesday and Friday mornings, uh, whether it be on Odyssey, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, uh, or Google Podcasts. First topic at hand today, Jay Crowder rumors, a Twitter account uh, labeled at Zona Hoops underscore. And uh, I clicked on it, no blue check mark, but 11,000 followers uh, seems somewhat credible, I guess you could say at this point. Uh, saying a source tells uh, Zona Hoops uh, that the deal fell apart last night, including Jay Crowder, uh, was with Milwaukee and Houston. Framework was Crowder to the Bucks, uh, Grayson Allen to Houston and Eric Gordon to the Suns. Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast uh, then says, if this is a framework, the holdup is probably either figuring out the other roughly $7 million the Suns need to send or ensuring the Rockets get enough stuff on top of cap relief to make this work for them. Add in Dario Saric and a one to two crowdsource seconds to Houston, and then he's got the eye emojis there. So I think this is a very possible deal uh, to, to maybe get done here at some point. And Nathan, you and I have talked uh, in the past about Jay Crowder in a Bucks uniform and kind of what that looks like. And you and I have been talking about uh, Grayson Allen not being the best to start the season to this point. Uh, your thoughts on the framework of this deal and what's being talked about? Yeah, so as from the from the Bucks standpoint, I mean, I don't, I I haven't seen all the details from what other teams you know might be added in here, but essentially from our standpoint, it'll be mainly a Grayson for Jay Crowder deal. That's the main pieces that we'll be getting. Probably getting. a second or something thrown yeah. in for the Bucks too. Nothing, nothing critical. Yeah, but essentially it's okay. We're getting rid of Grayson and we're getting Jay Crowder. And ever since I heard about the rumors from this, I mean, I love obviously Jay Crowder. I'm a Marquette guy. I mean, how can you not love Jay Crowder if you if you're from Marquette or like Marquette? So yeah, there you go. Sparky's also, I have got my the, Marquette uh, sweatshirt on as well, just for you. Wore just yeah. for you under my bucket jacket. Go love on. it. They they play tonight, by the way. Packers and uh, Packers and Marquette play tonight. So they do, know. yes. But anyways, so I I still as much as I you know love Jay Crowder, would want him. I'm still I'm very neutral about this trade. I'm not against it. I'm not completely like oh I really hope this happens. There's positives and negatives to it, and I think it makes us different. I don't know necessarily if it makes us better or worse. Um, 
they're they're two very different players. I mean, you're Grayson, you're going to obviously get more shooting and more offense for the most part, but Crowder's better defensively, and Crowder's probably more trustworthy in a playoff series. And at this point, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, my mind kind of it, it keeps going, you know, both ways. Like I I say, okay, well, right now our offense is what's struggling. Our defense has been completely fine. So from that perspective, I kind of want to keep the offensive guy, keep the shooter in Grayson Allen, because I think we need offense more than defense. But when we get fully healthy, our offense will probably be fine. At that point, do you just take the guy that's more playable in the playoffs and more trustworthy, which is probably Jay Crowder? So I'm kind of, okay, back and forth. And Crowder, I mean, it'd be a completely fine fit. He's a guy that I wanted, you know, several years ago. He hasn't, you know, I think with the shooting, it's going to be not great. He's only had a couple years where he's really shot the ball well. Um, I think he only had... I like honestly, I think it was two or three years in his career, and he's had a long career, um, probably like 10 years now, where I think he only had two or three where he was actually above kind of like that 36, 37 percent, you know, good three-point shooter. Bet you it's better than that against the Bucks in his career. Cause I swear oh, yeah, to God, that dude hits threes against the Bucks like nobody's business. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and and honestly, that might that might factor into people wanting him, even you know, thinking he's this sharp shooter. And he's yes. not a bad shooter, but he's not, you know, look at his percentages. He's pretty consistently just an average 34, 35-ish percent three-point shooter. So Grayson's been 40% plus. Like great Grayson is a better shooter. But I think, you know, again, the, the advantages of having Crowder would be defensively, and you don't have to really worry about him being played off the court in a playoff series. You know what you're getting from him, but Again, there's the positives and negatives to it. There's that I want to keep the shooter in Grayson Allen. It's hard to just find a 40% sharpshooter. Um, you know, as inconsistent as he can be sometimes, he's going to average out at 40%, and that's not easy to find. So I'm just, I'm just very neutral. I wouldn't be for or against. Okay. I'm just kind of whatever. So let, let's go to where how, how this all comes to be, right? I think going into the season, there was t- thought of, okay, well, if anybody's going to get moved off this team, it's going to be Grayson Allen. That'll be the one guy that'll probably get traded. If they decide to make a move, fine. Grayson Allen offensively, not good. Uh, we've already talked about that. You know, when when he plays hard, he's maybe average. Um, and then when he's not kind of fully engaged, then he's really bad. Offensively, like you said, he's not shooting the rock that that well. But I don't know, man. I think there's kind of a, a Javon Carter, Marjan Bochamp uh, effect going on right now with their willingness maybe to move Grayson Allen at this point because of how well Javon Carter has played. You've talked about in the past where Carter and Drew Holiday can play together uh, in the backcourt, which means Grayson Allen would be the guy kind of on the outside looking in unless he's going to play the three when Milton's off the court or something. Um, Bochamp has played way better than anybody thought, I think, coming in as a rookie. This now would allow him to get minutes uh, as well. And you and I literally just talked on the last podcast about you know how these minutes are going to play and how Bochamp is going to get himself into a playoff rotation. Is he going to be able to get himself into a playoff rotation once Connaughton is healthy and Middleton is healthy and you have Grayson Allen? Now this frees up, I think, both of those guys to play a little bit more than maybe they would have in the past. Crowder isn't, in my opinion, he ain't played no damn two. I mean, he's a three, an undersized four. That's kind of what he is at this point um, because of his body structure and quickness or lack thereof quickness. Uh, out on the floor. So it doesn't it doesn't take away from Bochamp. It doesn't take away from Carter. Uh, and that, to me, makes sense. I mean, I, I kind of like the idea, call me crazy, but in, you know, situations where you got to lock down and play some defense and, and do something, I kind of like the Holiday Middleton in the backcourt with Crowder and, and Giannis and 
Brooke Lopez. I, I'm I'm okay with that. And if if there's no Brooke Lopez, he's in foul trouble, whatever, and Giannis is at the five, and it's Portis, Crowder, and Giannis, I'm good with that. If it's Crowder, Portis, and Brooke Lopez, because Giannis is getting a rest, whatever, I'm good with that too. And Milton is good enough in spurts. I, I know long-term, probably not. We've seen it long-term. But in spurts, I think Milton is, is more than good enough to, to defend that two position. Uh, and then it gives you guys that can shoot around the horn, whether it be Portis, Crowder, Middleton, Holiday, Brooke Lopez, you know, outside of maybe Giannis, if he's on the floor, I think it really opens up more scenarios to where you can become even more balanced and even better defensively. And I think that has to be very appealing uh, to Boonholzer, who is all about that defense and, and making sure they stay, you know, near the top in defense throughout the course of the season, Nathan. Yeah, and it would definitely it would definitely open up things, you know, as far as versatility and options they have and lineups they have to, you know, be be very switchable defensively. But and again, I'm I'm kind of playing both sides because I am on both like I don't have a side here. So um, you know, on the flip side, it's also like I'm, you know, you said you'd like a a Drew, Chris, Crowder, Giannis, Brooke defensive uh lineup, and that'd be fantastic. But I'm also completely fine with you know, Javon, Drew, Chris, Giannis, Brooke as well. And it's like, I think, you know, even if you didn't add Crowder, I think this defense would be fantastic either way. We've already seen it being fantastic either way. So, um, you know, I, I'd definitely be more like, let's go do this. If if the defense was, you know, maybe borderline top 10 and it was still good, but could be better. And you were looking at like, hey, let's really just become a, a really, really good defensive team. But they're already the number one defensive team in the league. And so, you know, again, I, part of me is like, maybe just hold on to the offensive pieces that you have. And, um, you know, some of your more reliable shooters, but I, it, it's both ways, because like you said, that's, I mean, the, the options it gives you, if you can get Crowder would be, would be fantastic. And the only thing I don't want to see happen is, you know, cause if we get rid of Grayson, that guard death becomes a little bit iffy. And, you know, I don't know what's going to go on with Wesley Matthews and, you know, George Hill. You're not sure what you're getting from you. Like you're, you trust, you trust Drew and you trust Javon. You got Connaughton Pat, coming and back Pat, and Pat Connaughton. Um, so you have those three, but it's like, I don't know. It, it, it gets a little bit iffy after that. And um, I don't want to see, like, I personally, just because Marjan's had a good start to this season, isn't enough for me to say, Hey, this is, you know, let's get rid of Grayson because Marjan's looking good. Marjan's going to be inconsistent this year. I'm not someone who wants to trust Marjan in a playoff series right now because he's a rookie and he's like, I, I just, that doesn't make me comfortable. So if we're getting rid of Grayson, it just, it, you know, I might want to see them try to either do something about their guard depth or they must just feel really, really, really good about these guys based on what they're seeing. But like I said, I just, I don't want to be in a position where we have to trust guys like George Hill and, um, Marjan Bochamp and you know maybe a Jordan Wara more than we have to, because uh, I trust Grayson as much as Grayson was bad in that at that playoff series last year. I still trust him a lot more than those guys. So and I'd rather have him out there than those three, if uh, if it comes to that. Right, you know, and the other thing too when we start talking about how this is all going to look when everybody's healthy, and then the Jay Crowder factor, obviously that goes into all of this. Is you also got to remember you're going to add another shooter in Ingles. Because yeah. he's going to come back in January. So now you're going to have him at that four spot with Giannis, with Bobby Portis. If Bobby Portis is at the four and not the five or whatever. So that gives you another guy that can shoot it. And look at it from this angle. 
Portis, I would say tough guy, right? Not going to put up anybody's crap, kind of be that, that guy that's going to enforce around the rim and throw an elbow if he needs to or do what he has to do. Jay Crowder, we know he's willing to mix it up, uh, you know, at any given moment in time in order to get a point across. Ingles is a guy that likes to run his mouth and will mix it up with anybody at any given time. Brooke Lopez has a, a toughness factor to him. He'll go. Giannis has shown that ability too. I mean, you really, in Ingles and Crowder, are going to add two pieces to this locker room that they were missing without P.J. Tucker. And, the dogs, the dogs, yeah, as they say. That's right. And that, to me... Uh, is part of it too, that mentality that comes with both of those guys, that leadership that comes with both of those guys um, that, that have been there before. And not no, nothing against Grayson Allen, but he ain't that dude. He, he's he's not that guy, right? Uh, and these other guys are that those guys. And I, I think that just overall helps the mentality. Regular season, what it is what it is. But when you get to the playoffs and you're fighting through and trying to get through you know, those playoffs and your body is killing you and you, you got to get through stuff. You need those guys to help push guys through uh, and be those players in big moments to protect your superstar in Giannis or protect Middleton if something's going down and keep those guys on the floor and those guys kind of take the arrows for those guys in those moments, whether it be getting teed up for something or whatever the case may be. That That's the other element that I guess we haven't talked about, Nathan, that I think is a big factor. Yeah, it, abs- it absolutely is. And that's another reason why I trust him in the playoffs more than I would trust Grace Nell and want him out there more than Grace Nell is, you know, he's been there before he's a vet. He, he has that, you know, that it factor that, that, right. that, that dog in him that, you know, again, you just, you want that on your team and it's just adds another element to it. Um, the toughness, the defense, the physicality, and, you know, you can never have enough of those guys on your team as long as they get along together. And, you know, it, I don't see why they wouldn't The the only thing, that I've, you know, I know there was talk about the reason he didn't, he wasn't super happy with the Suns is because he couldn't start. And I mean, I'm assuming he wouldn't start on our team. So I don't know. I, that's a little bit of a factor. Like, is this he going to be, com- but here, here it is not starting. Let me, let me help you. I think he's mad about who's starting in front of him. Yeah, that's like, true. I think I'm better. And I just got my job taken from me in this situation coming here. I think he understands, look, they want a ring. They've got a championship. The guy at the three clearly deserves to be starting in Middleton. That's an all-star type player. Uh, Giannis is at the four. That's an all-star type player. IJ Crowder, I'm not a shooting guard, so I should not be playing at that position regardless. Uh, Unless, and I I don't know how this works necessarily. Like, I don't know when you have a disgruntled player on a team that's told to stay away essentially and not be there or, or he decides not to be there. Does that player get to talk at any point or his agent with a prospective team that, might be involved in the trade, right? So a lot of times in other sports, uh, I'm only going somewhere if I get a trade extension. And then that, Deshaun Watson, that that deal specifically, they knew what that money was going to look like on the extension and everything else with Cleveland before that deal went down. That was part of the deal. Watson had to get on board with that. With Crowder, I just wonder, has there been any conversations about, all right, Jay, if we get you, you know, we're looking at like, you know, 20, 25 minutes, somewhere in that area, be coming off the bench. Are you good with that? Or is it, all right, Jay, if you come, it's starting a big deal. Yeah, man, I want to start. Put Chris at the two. I want to start at the three. Who knows? I mean, I'm not saying that's that's a conversation, but that's something they could do if it was part of getting Jay Crowder. If starting was such a big deal, then fine. You start at the three. Milton starts at the two. Uh, and Drew Holiday is the point guard, and away you go. And Middleton allows you uh, that flexibility to do it because he can play either position. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be a huge deal. It was just something that, 
again, kind of came to my mind, like, I don't know if, you know, again, I don't know much about the whole locker room situation with Phoenix and what all went down. I just, it's like, it's just one of those things where it almost feels like something like if he's, if he's really that upset about start and really needs to start that badly, like, to be honest, that's not a player I'd love on my team. Someone that's like just that much, you know, upset about that and really worried about that. Um, but not a huge deal. I mean, again, we'll I don't, I would assume it's not that big of a deal to him. I think he had tweeted something too about like, you know, the truth will come out. Like it's not about that and stuff like that. So I'm not sure. Can't wait to hear what the truth actually is. Let's go <laughs> to topic number two on green and growing with Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter. Nathan Marzian on at Sparky radio. Do Bucks fans joy. Their joy as a Bucks fan revolve around how well Giannis actually played. Last night, he almost had a triple-double, uh, but he didn't have like 30 points or 40 points. I think he had, what, 15, 16 points, something like that. Dozen rebounds, I think, eight assists, somewhere along those lines. And uh, uh, Marzian was besides himself. I I'm telling y'all, listen, during a Bucks game, Marquette games are fun, too, to watch him if you want to watch, especially if, if things aren't going well. It, it, follow Marzian, at Nathan Marzian, during Bucks games because the dude's constantly tweeting throughout the game. And it's very emotional. It's very feeling-driven at the moment, how he's feeling. It's beautiful. It's so I'm so glad when I was in my 20s we did not have this because I would have been kicked off Twitter. So, but, but we have it now for Nathan, and he's a lot more composed than I when I, when I was at his age. Uh, but but you're you're kind of talking, and you were getting sick clearly of seeing some of the stuff you were seeing on Twitter. So do enlighten me what what was going on because the Bucks look early on they were down. It was kind of nip and tuck, you know, for two and a half quarters, whatever it was, and then they eventually pull away. But even during that game, it was like, oh, the Bucks aren't good enough to beat the Cavaliers without Middleton and Holiday. I saw a lot of that early in the game when they were down. There's just no way they can compete with this team without two of their better players out there and. A lot of that going on, but you took the angle of people were mad just because Giannis wasn't playing well. So what were you seeing? And yeah, this, this might, if you don't have Twitter, this might not be something you can, you know, that you're seeing because this Twitter is the overreaction central and that's where, you know, people are just firing off takes. And um, so this might just be a Twitter thing, but when I went on, I mean, before the game, yeah, I know we really believed they could win. Even I didn't have a great feeling about the game, but that you know that that was normal to me. We, you know, you didn't have Drew, you didn't have guys, and you're playing against a good Cavs team. I did not think the Bucks would win, but they win by 17. Yes, Giannis had a, by his standards, a very bad game in my opinion. Like he struggled from the field, struggled from the line, um, just did not look good. But I go on after the game and look at my timeline, and I I swear to you, 80 percent of the tweets I was seeing were about what is wrong with Giannis, what is going on with Giannis. I'm like, we just beat the Cavs by 17. Like, let's focus. I, I got really just, yeah, I was fed up with it. My whole post-game show, I was on my Twitter space after the game. And um, I kept saying, you know, based on the people that were joining and, and saying stuff about Giannis and, um, you know, everyone was talking about Giannis. And I'm like, it, it literally feels like right now I'm talking about a loss. Like, it feels like we lost the game because I'm sitting here having to talk about, well, Giannis will be, you know, it'll be okay. And I'm like, we won the game. Like, yeah, we no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, you you should not come across holier than thou, Nathan Marzian, right now, because you yourself have been kind of throwing up a little, a little flag here and again about the free throws. We talked about it last podcast. Then we got into the game, and then you were going back at him about his free throw shooting again. Oh, he's in his own head again. And I quote to you, said, we just talked about this on Green and Growing. So I knew that was going to come up. So you yourself also were kind of stirring the pot a little bit uh, uh, about frustrations about Giannis. 
I did tweet one thing. I just said, yeah, he's in his head from the free mm-hmm. throw line. But I said, he'll be fine. He'll get out yeah. of it. It'll be okay. I have no problem if you want to point out that Giannis had a bad game. Because he did. There's nothing wrong with saying, wow, Correct. Giannis has been bad. But if a that's your... still almost had a triple-double, y'all. Think about that yeah. for a second. Okay. But if that's your main... And he has had, by his standards, a few bad games. You know, his past three to four games have been bad by his standards, shooting the ball. But... If that's your main takeaway when we just beat the Cavs by 17, if your main takeaway is, wow, Giannis has been bad, what, like, is this, are, I'm worried about this going, like, people were legitimately like, what's wrong with Giannis? I'm like, it's fair to say he had a bad game, but you should not be questioning if this is like something to be, con- like, this is, it's Giannis. What are we talking about here? And, you know, I had someone come on that was like, I don't think he's the best player in the world anymore. Um, you know, I, you see all these other, Luca's putting up 40 and yeah, Luca still the game. He, it's like I still think he's good, but I, you know, he's really good, but I don't think he's the best. And I'm like, guys, he had he's had like two bad weeks with his big th- the the rest of the big three out, which makes it that much harder. And coming off an injury, which I, and I'm you know I'm making some excuses for him, but it's like, come on. I mean, if there's anyone that's deserved a couple games off, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. But like, I, I again, I have no problem if you want to say he had a bad game because he did. I will complete like I'll say that. But if that's your main takeaway, that's ridiculous. You know, we should be focusing on, wow, look at who stepped up. Look at Brooke Lopez scoring 29. Look at, you know, Wara stepped up and had a nice game. Um, so many other guys gave you good minutes. Let's focus on, because we know Giannis is going to be fine. Let's focus on what happened outside of that and how what this says about our depth rather than, oh, Giannis had a bad game. What's wrong with Giannis? I, I got really upset. I will uh, say, and uh, again, I've been through the losing seasons in post-game shows, as we all know, and used to play the green and growing uh, theme music from the whatever year it was, 70s or whatever it was. And every time they won, I would play that music after a win. They didn't win a lot, so we didn't play a lot. But when they did win, we played it. And back then, you had real problems to talk about after losses because you were battling just to get into the damn playoffs. So anything... That happened. It was like, man, here we go. And we got to fix this. We got to fix that. Oh, my God. I mean, how are we going to get in? Okay. So now you win a championship. You get beat in the playoffs last year, but you don't have Middleton. So there's an excuse built in of why it didn't work. Fine. Now you come back this year. You still don't have Middleton. Holiday's dinged up, so he's not playing. And then your best player isn't playing well. Even with him not playing well, you still won the game, like you said last night. 11 and three, you know? Right. But when you're winning, you want perfection. I think that's just human nature. So you're looking at something to nitpick about. And Giannis, because he's the best player, gets that 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 deal of, okay, we won, but he didn't play well. Oh, we won, but he didn't play well again. Uh-oh. Now we're on a little bit of a roll here. That's three games. Oh, that's four. Maybe something's wrong with Giannis. And I don't think anything's wrong with Giannis. I'm with you, Nathan. I, I think he's fine. No need to worry about Giannis. No need to freak out about anything at this point. He's Giannis. He's got several months left to go in the season. And maybe he is playing a little dinged up right now, and he's playing because he knows they don't got the other guys out there. So maybe that's part of it. Who knows? But again, think about this. He was two assists shy of a triple-double, and that was a bad game. And if you go back five, six years if someone was that close to a triple-double, we'd be celebrating like, holy crap, that dude almost had a triple-double last night. That's unbelievable. But because he is the best player in the world, regardless of what y'all say, uh, and he has a down game, then we get all nervous. And again, we've talked about Cleveland. 
they got big guys. They can run bigs at them. And then Mobley throws out and that dunk in his face and all that stuff. And by the way, speaking of that, good job, man. Like, to me, he is so refreshing from that aspect, Giannis, compared to most of this league. Most of this league sees a guy go up and goes, have it. Giannis is like, hell with that. I'm going to see if I can go get this. And he goes up and he, he don't care. Go ahead. Dunk on me. Do what you want to do. Who puts all posters in the room anymore? Anyhow, probably not many kids anymore. So go ahead. Do what you want to do. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, kids did have posters up in the room of dunks and everything else. I don't know how many. I I mean, I've got what, well, four now with the baby. I, none of them have posters up in the room. Not a single one. And, you know, three of or two of them are huge sports fans. A six-year-old and a 15-year-old. Always asked me to buy a poster for their room. So I don't even think that's a thing anymore. Yeah, you end up on Sports Center. Yeah, the video goes on Twitter, social media, fine. Uh, so be it. But when you're at his level, who cares? Because he's gonna throw down just as many dunks on dudes as they're gonna throw down on him. And I just like that idea of no, I'm gonna go block, I'm gonna go try and block this shot versus everybody else that just gives up the two points and moves on in their day. 100 percent Yeah. I mean, I that that's hundred that's something that I've always liked about him, is he just He's not afraid to be embarrassed. And even like, even with like last night, he airballs some free throws and it's like, you know, he doesn't, obviously that's embarrassing. He doesn't like that, but it's, it's not something that like, I don't know. He's always just like, he kind of embraces it. Like he'll joke about it in his, you know, post games and he'll joke about it in the locker room and stuff. Just like, man, I airballed two free throws in a row in Oklahoma and blah, blah, blah. And like, I remember him saying that a couple of years ago and it's like, I don't know. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't. He's just going to go out and, and do him, and that's that's what I like about it. All right, so topic number three here on Green and Growing. Don't forget Toy Drive. 16th Annual Fan Toy Drive comes up. Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek, a couple minutes uh, east of the interstate on Ross and Avenue. Come out, donate some brand-new toys. I'll be out there each day, 6A to 6P. We'll get a couple-hour break each day from like 2 to 4, whatever the case may be. But other than that, I'll be out there each and every day. So come out, stop, say hi. Uh, make a donation, a toy donation. You can go online as well right now and donate at 1250amthefan.com for Children's Wisconsin and Robin's Nest. Do you think Brooke Lopez can play at this level all season? Because right now, Nathan Marzian, he is blocking shots. He's hitting threes. He's hitting mid-range jumpers. He's throwing great passes. He is playing as well as he's probably played since that championship run two years ago right now. If he can keep this up. I mean, the Bucks are not just like among the top title contenders. They are the title favorite because it's, this is, I mean, it's been unbelievable. We, we talked about this already a little bit, but it's like in the off season, there was the talk about, okay, you know, should we try to get rid of him while he has value? Is he going to just completely fall off? He's 34, 35, whatever he is coming off of back surgery. The signs are kind of there that he might, you know, decline. And I did believe he'd decline a little bit, but I was like, he still gives you a ton defensively. He's very important to our defense. Um, you know, I don't want to just go trying to trade him unless you can get a, a you know someone that can kind of do what he does, which nobody really can. But they held on to him, and he has just been on both ends of the court way better than you could have ever imagined. I mean, if even if you even if his offense was bad, you could look at his defense and be like. You know, I think we'd still be happy with how he's. You could you could take away one end of the court for him, and I think we'd still be happy with how he's been this year. But you're getting both, um, and it's just been un un unbelievable. The shooting's been good. He was seven of nine from three last night. Just got red hot. I don't know if that will can like I don't I don't know if the shooting. Hopefully, it can stay mid thirties. 
Um, I think right now it's slightly above that, but um, if they can stay mid thirties and I, th- I trust that his defense will continue to be this way. I don't know. There's no reason to me why his defense would go down. Um, he's been a good defender for several years. And so that to me is a, is a lock, you know, the, the, the defense is going to stay how it is. If the offense goes down a little bit, he's still going to be awesome. So I don't see why he can't play at least close to this level all season. And if he stays at this level, you know, offensively and shooting wise, it can really be a game changer for us. And I could see him making, you know, an all, all NBA team, honestly, like the third team, all NBA. Okay. Let's talk about all-star for a second. Joel Embiid's an all-star. He ain't beating out Joel Embiid. So Jokic. now, but that's on the Western side. Well, I'm, right? Sorry. I'm thinking, I'm thinking all NBA. Sorry. You said all-star. Right. All-star, right? So, okay. So Embiid's in. So forget it. Forget that part of it. So what other bigs, in the East, would he have to contend with at this point in order to be on said all-star team right now? If you go up and down and, and look at the East, and the Brooklyn, they don't have anybody. Uh, there's no true big in Boston uh, necessarily at this point. There's nobody there that I can think of. Uh, Washington, I don't believe Washington has uh, anybody. Uh, you go look to Chicago, Vucevic, no. I don't think that he's going to play at that level to beat out Brooke Lopez at this point. Cleveland. Bam out of bio. Yeah, Bam out of bio, maybe in Miami. But again, he's not doing everything Brooks does. I mean, there's there's just no way. Like, if he plays at this level, now Middleton's not going to be an all-star because he's missing too much time, I think. So you can forget Middleton. So I, I think there's a chance where maybe it's Giannis and maybe Brooke Lopez gets in as an all-star, maybe just because of the lack of the bigs uh, in the East at this point. I mean, Detroit doesn't really. Uh, Cleveland would be the only other one uh, that would probably have a big, I, I think that I'm thinking of, I mean, Indiana, but they don't have a big playing at that level. Like yeah, Miles, Miles Turner's been point. fine, but he's not Brooke um, Lopez. No. And then, I mean, Atlanta's got like Capello who's been again, fine, but not Brooke Lopez. Not they, Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Nope. There's the, the only ones are, yeah. Embiid and um, it's really just, it's Embiid and, and Bam Adebayo are, are the two main ones that I think, you could make a case for over him. But again, when you, I mean, and Bam's good on both ends. Bam's a, a defensive player of the year candidate all the time. Yep. And he's been really good offensively too. So I don't have a problem if you want to put Bam over him, but um, I don't know. Just, I think Brooks been that good defensively and still very good offensively that I, I think he should be probably number two, honestly. Totally agree with you. All right. Well, last question of the day. Did we see who was on the floor together uh, in this uh, game against Cleveland. I literally took out my phone and on my Android phone, it says keep notes and you can write your little notes there. And I wrote it down. Bucks and Cavs ended the first last couple of minutes. You had George Hill, AJ Green, Jordan Wara, Bobby Portis, and Serge Ibaka. Ibaka, by the way, playing better. Uh, those guys were the ones that were on the floor together as one unit playing competitive basketball in the National Basketball Association in a regular season game. This was not a preseason game. This was not a scrimmage. This was not a family night practice. This was a real, meaningful, regular season game. Those were the five guys that Budenholzer decided to run out there together. And they held their own. I mean, they didn't embarrass themselves, Nathan. They held their own. I mean, I was kind of a little mildly freaked out. Like, what the hell are we doing? We're not up 30. What are we doing? Uh, But he put them out there and... I feel like Green is another one of those guys everybody's rooting for. Every time he jacked up a three-pointer or anything of the sort, the whole bench got up off the uh, off the bench and was hoping he hit a three-pointer, so that's nice. Uh, Serge Ibaka, like I said, he's playing better. I saw you were getting excited about Jordan Wara uh, last night as well. Big smile across his face. Uh, but, but, I mean, 
Th- that's where you're at with this Bucks team. When you can run those five guys out there and still be competitive against a pretty good Cavs team. And again, they're in a little bit of a skid right now, but against a pretty good Cavaliers team that should be a playoff team at the end of the year, that says a lot, I think. Yeah, I did the same thing. I had it in my notes from, you know, I always type in notes during the game just so I don't forget stuff. But um, yeah, I was like, George Hill, AJ Green, Jordan Wara, Bobby Portis, and Sergi. Like, what is going right. on right now? And yeah, they they were fine. Like, they held their own. They didn't get run off the court or anything. Um, I, yeah, they they did a pretty good job. But again, it it also, yeah, it just goes to show, like, you should not be, like, th- this team right now, the fact that they're even competitive and let alone winning games is is just, like, that's a win in itself because it's like, look at the team that we're throwing. Like, this will never, ever happen. Correct. Full healthy, you know, three of those guys are probably never seeing minutes. Green will be in maybe, the G League. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe even four of them in the playoffs might never see minutes. And it's like, yeah, just the fact it, it again, this whole game, you know, I was upset that people talked a lot about Giannis because I was like, this whole game should show that, you know, it, how good our depth is a and just, um, yeah, what all these guys can do. And it's uh, it's it was it was a fun game. Like I was I was happy even you know, with the struggles Giannis had, it was like, this is, this is just fun to see that for the long term. It's way better than, I mean, would you rather have, I tweeted this, I think it was last night, maybe this morning. I was like, I'd a hundred times rather have, I was watching the warriors at the end of the night last night, Steph puts up 50, the rest of the team sucks and they lose. I'm like, would you rather be that where your star players carrying you and nobody else is picking up the slack and you know, you're losing games or, you know, barely staying competitive or would you rather Giannis is struggling a little bit but everyone else is picking it up and everyone else we're showing that we have great depth and we're winning games. We're staying competitive. That's a much better sign for the long term than just having one player carrying yep. it, which no, I, yeah. I totally agree with you on that. And that gold state team people, Oh, Draymond green punching the guys. Why they're not playing. Well, stop nonsense. <laughs> stop. Y'all are just looking for a reason to slam Draymond and I can't stand that dude. So I'm with you. But in this case here, there's no reason to go down that path real quickly before we wrap this up. Cause I, we gotta wrap it up. Blue jerseys, blue court, your thoughts? Too much blue for me. I like the court, but I with the jerseys, it was just a little too much blue. I don't think they should make the blue the primary color ever. It's more of a secondary to me. Uh, by the way, everybody be on the lookout. I'm doing a bonus uh, green and growing uh, coming up. I'm going to record it on Friday morning, so it'll be out at some point Friday night, Saturday morning with Peter Fagan. Uh, president of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so I'll record that Friday morning, then we'll get it out. It'll just be like a 10, 12 minute interview type deal with me and Peter. So be on the lookout for that, where you download your Green and Growing podcast. We'll put it there as well. You can hear some of what uh, Bucks president Peter Fagan has to say. I'm going to bring up to him something I saw the other day on Twitter about how the Bucks apparently will never wear the cream color as a majority color ever again um, on their uniforms because of graphics on TV. And the cream color, apparently the whole league is banned from wearing cream as a majority, as a major color anymore. They can wear it as like the outline and the green jerseys or whatever, but apparently they can't wear the major cream color anymore. Very, very weird. So maybe we'll get into that with Peter Fagan a little bit as well. Nathan Marzian, thank you so much, my friend. Follow him at Nathan Marzian at Sparky Radio. And uh, we'll be back at it again on Tuesday. But tell your friends, tell your family members, download Green and Growing, Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It's everywhere where you download your favorite podcast. Have a good one. Toodles. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.